What's up, y'all? This is Tony Powell, and you're listening to Powell to the People, the podcast, episode 203. Once again, the finest cast in the whole podcasting universe has reconvened. When I want to know what's going on, anything in New York City transit related, there's no expert I trust more than my cousin, Mr. Keith Powell. What's going on, Keith? Man, I'm good. It's great to be here with the family once again. And when I want to talk local TV news, there's nobody I trust more than my favorite director, my brother, Mr. Mark Howell's Powell's in the house. Did I say Howell? I said Powell. You said Howell, but that's okay. I'm your favorite Howell. Uh, what's up, fam? What's up, world? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right behind Thurston. Thursday, right behind Thurston. <laughs> and when I want to talk local New York City real estate, there's nobody I trust more than the man we call Mr. Eddie Kane Jr. The world calls him Derek Powell. I call him my cousin. What's up, DP? Oh, DP's not here. Well, After I'm... all that nonsense about people being late last yeah. week, he needed the day off. Well, okay. you know what? I'm going to defend my cousin because he's off for, we all know, an excellent reason this time. So we're going to keep no, him no, like no. that. No, no, no. I'm giving him a hard time. But yeah. But no, yeah. He's not here this week for, for D Powell fans, for he's not fans the beach. of Eddie Kane Jr. Uh, so, uh, you know, he'll be back next week. Although we may not be back because it's a holiday weekend. Exactly. Unless you guys want to work on a holiday. No, 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 no. no, no. Why? No. Why not? Nope. Not even for double pay. It's Labor Day. <laughs> and Labor Day is for the workers. We That's are the workers. Right. I thought Labor Day meant you work. That's no, no, no. Celebrating the, the world of work. No, for people who need a break. We need a break. Okay. I mean, I mean it seems like... You, know, you want to get this time in. I mean, so many things happen in Labor Day. I mean, but all right, okay. So we'll be back the uh, following week, which I guess is the first week of the uh, NFL season. After uh, we'll be back after the first week, week of the NFL season. Yes, yes, yes. We will be. Um, who are you rooting for this year? Who am I rooting? I don't know. Yeah, I haven't oh, I decided. To. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't decided yet. Um, I always like to. I told you. I mean, when I was a kid, I used to root. For the Dallas Cowboys and 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 until Cowgirls, Jerry, I mean. Cowgirls. Until, until Jerry, whatever, and, until Jerry Jones bought the team, and then I kind of left, and I've been um I've been Ronin, you know I'm a samurai without without a without a without a shogun, so I just have to find situations that interest me, and I'm looking, um. I would like to see San Diego do something this this year. I think that'd be kind of interesting. They, they got the squad. They, talent wise, they should be okay. Um, yeah, I, I, but San Diego I, seems to never be able to pull it together. Even when they've had teams that are cha- championship caliber teams, whatever reason, they just seem to yeah. Come playoff time, just don't get there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of feeling I'm Justin Herbert this year, yeah, and I'd like something to, else. And and I'm a, and I like Russell Wilson, so I'll be rooting for Denver. Um. Yeah, that's it. Hello, wait a minute. Me and, and Mark, the Jets. I would like to see the Jets get pat. I want to see them win to get the over, 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 over six wins. Oh, that's a, okay. That's the over on them. <laughs> I'm not sure what the over is. It may be less than that, or maybe more. But uh, but I'm I want to see them get personally. Want to see them get over six wins. Hmm. hmm. Did you look at their schedule? I, I, you saying that's, I'm looking it up? So. <laughs> <laughs> Does it matter? Oh, it matters. <laughs> no, it's the, it's the Jets. It doesn't matter who they playing. It doesn't matter. Um, their, their quarterback is. If they play Jacksonville tw- seventeen times, I'd still be betting over <laughs> at six. 
Well, think, me and Mark stay true to the games of Steelers, so we good. Yeah, I, I think they're just getting over six may be kind of tough because they're playing the AFC North. That division is playing the AFC North this year. Um, well, just put it they open up against Baltimore. Loss. Um, yeah, and, that, and that, that's uh, home. They got Cleveland. Hmm. Yeah, that's maybe. That's, that's a maybe. Cincinnati. Nope. Lost. Pittsburgh. Lost. At uh, Pittsburgh. I, I, I saw Mitch Trubisky the other day. I'm yeah. not so sure it's a total loss. So at, I'm going to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that's a pick them. All right. So then, okay. So Pittsburgh. Two and two. Uh, so then Miami. I've seen. At Miami? Uh, I've seen that boy uh, run yesterday. He, uh, uh, home. Home. At home. Yeah. So it's still cool. And, and, and. No, it's. it's that's, I, you know, I, I like. They usually like to have those in reverse. You'd, you'd rather play at Miami when it's hot. Yeah. So and then they go. Then they go to Green Bay. Loss. So go to Denver. Loss. Uh, three or four. New England. Home to New England. That that may not be as as lopsided as people think. So I'm gonna say pick them. So I'm I'm a, I'm gonna take the winner. Four and four. Oh boy, you were optimistic. Uh, they home Buffalo. Loss four and five. All right, bye week at New England. Pick they got again. split, so so four and six. Um, home with Chicago. I'm gonna take a win there. Yeah, I think five so. five at, and six. at Minnesota. I don't even know who is Minnesota. I don't know what Minnesota's deal is. Minnesota's gonna be good this year, so that's five and seven. Okay, at Buffalo. Loss. Five and eight. Um, home to Detroit. This will be a little bit better. Home at Detroit. It depends on how Detroit gets off early. If they get off early and, and win a couple of games, they might they might be able to squeeze Detroit one played out. All seventeen games last year closely, so that's a that's a tough game. Um, I'm, I'm gonna say five and nine. Home Jacksonville. I'm gonna take the that's win. A prime time. That's a, prime oh, so time Thanksgiving. That's Thanksgiving day. Yeah. Well, Thanksgiving. Actually, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. No, no, I'm wrong. No, sorry. It's December twenty second. I was looking at a different date. Right, uh, so, yeah. Like, how the hell they get Thanksgiving? Again? Um, <laughs> five and nine. That's that Thursday. That Thursday game. Which here's here's the, the problem with that game. Or I guess the benefit for that game is they play um, the previous week. They play home to Detroit. Then right. they have the Thursday game. But the benefit to the Jets is they're still home. So okay. that's always a benefit. Go to Seattle. I'm, well, they're going to split one of those games, so it's going to be six and ten. All right, well, go to well, Seattle. Seattle. Seattle, they should win because uh, they got, the, they got the old quarterback uh, playing, Gino, uh, Gino Smith. If Gino's healthy. And then ended up seven and ten. And then they end up the season at Miami. They're going to split. So seven and 11, right? What, what Six and 11, whatever that is. It's just, 17 uh, games. You said the over. <laughs> so they got to win one. Hmm. Yeah. That's it's 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 doable. It's right, not now, likely. Who you now? He, who you think their quarterback is? Because right now it's uh it's uh, Flacco. Right, Flacco's the quarterback. Flacco yeah. will get him up to a decent. Flacco start. play lately since he left yeah, Baltimore. I, I think Flacco will be enough. This you know because I think you know I think he was embarrassed by last. Okay. Uh, and 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 we're not looking at Flacco to carry for seventeen games. So You're looking for Flacco to carry, carry a team. Do you have a running game? They the running backs are good. They have an offensive line. I mean, I really I don't know anything about the Jets. Other than offensive they're, they're line powerful. is is improved and solid. Not great, but solid. Defense wise, defense yeah, is solid. Not great, 
no, no studs. So you see, you said you're looking for a team. You you have your team. You're a Jets fan. You just can't admit it to yourself. It's like, it's like you just don't want to say it out loud. Nobody you're a Jets can admit fan. That. Just say you're a Jets fan. You say you're a Knicks fan. It's the same damn team. Just say you're a Jets fan. I don't even say I'm a Knicks fan. I say I say I root for the Knicks sometimes. Yeah, um, Mark, as you said, what he took up in school. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Rhetoric. There you go. Mm-hmm. Classic BS. All right. So let's just say, for argument's sake, hypothetically, I'm a Jets fan. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I said I'm taking the over. I'm taking the. I think they'll win more than six games. I think they'll win at least seven games. Now, and if my cousin was here, the hypothetical would be a, a confirmation because he would bring up a certain Thanksgiving day that, <laughs> that had a Jets game involved. So. You're a Jets fan. You just don't want to admit it. There's nothing wrong with Anthony. I'm a fan of birthdays and birthday presents. Come on out. Be proud. That's (laughs) That's it. You know? Be proud. Say it loud. (laughs) I'm going to wear my San Diego Charger beard. That's right. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I'm gonna wear my beard. He's definitely going back. Air Cornell. Nah, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna Kevin Winslow. Come on out. I'm gonna be a Charger fan. John Jefferson and those. Yeah, all them guys. Charger Muncie. He's gonna he gonna way back. Put back into time on my arm. That's what I'm gonna do. Okay, I'm straight. He's a Jets fan. Hey, Mark. If your mom and him are having Thanksgiving this year and the Jets happen to be playing, he won't be there. Nope. <laughs> be the one with the bag over his head. Exactly <laughs> go, right. Go like this is so bullshit. They ain't win a game yet. <laughs> I, I, I mean, in the podcast. I, I think I think the over for them this year is actually five games. All I got to do is show improvement. You know, show that they're, that they're trending in the right direction. Like you mentioned, Detroit and they are on um, hard knocks, and they're trending in the right right direction. You get yeah. the feeling that there's a there's a culture building there. And maybe in a couple of years, where they get some talent to match the coaching, they might be all right. Yeah. Now you Steeler fans, that's a lot of talk for people who are banking their hopes on Mitchell Trubisky. Listen, we got a running game and we got defense. Yeah, that's the thing. We see while here's the problem with Pittsburgh right now: the the line is not that great. That's why you have a mobile quarterback who can move out. And. We're not banking on Trubisky. We're banking on the fact that the defense can keep you around, and that Tomlin's never had a losing season. This is going to be a challenge this year. But he 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 had a 500 team with a year that Ben went out. I think the second game of the year, and he had a bunch of guys quarterback. Got some guy named Duck. Um, had a horrible Mason Rudolph. There was uh, there was another guy in there who was awful too. So this well, is going to be a challenge because like- defensively they're fine. Y'all don't like Kenny Pickett over over Mitchell. I like I, I think that is good. I I like him, but the point is make, I was made and it makes a lot of sense. If you let's pick it, just blew your way and Pickett play, played great in the preseason and Trubisky played fine. But if you go with Pickett and say he struggles, he 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 has some you know moments in which he just looks overwhelmed because right now it's all the vanilla defenses. You got to you got to ride that out and let him take those beatings versus. You go Trubisky and they struggle, say with the offensive line or whatever. You can go to Pickett and be like, okay, fine, but you can't start with Pickett, have him struggle if he struggles, and mm-hmm. then say, okay, we're going to bring in Trubisky. Let's, you know, because they're not winning Super Bowl this year. This is a year to you know get your offensive line straight because yes. Pickett's mobile, or he's well, everybody's more mobile than Ben. He's mobile, 
but he's not like Trubisky can get you out of trouble while that line is trying to figure out who the hell to block. He's a good athlete. So that's what you're kind of hoping on. If they had like a solid offensive line where, you know, Trubisky uh, Pickett can sit back there and just truly go to work without ever have to use his, his mobility, then I would go pick it. But if somebody, if your line is suspect, you better have somebody that can move out the way. Well, isn't this true though, what? Uh, Keith? What that that if if you're banking on defense and a running game, it's going to be true whether it's Pickett under center or Trubisky under center. And you're still going to be banking on a running game and your defense, so the reads are going to be simple. And I think that Pickett reads what he sees way better than Mitch Trubisky. So I agree with you on that, but I felt when they had the draft pick that they should have picked the kid um, Malik Willis. That's who I really thought they were going to get. Right, everybody but did. That's why I said they get him. They good. This kid is very good. I, I like Pickett. I watched him uh, yesterday um, when they played the uh, what the hell they played yesterday. Somebody didn't uh, beat the ass. Yesterday. Oh, they played, they played the Lions. They played the Lions. Yeah, they beat the Lions ass yesterday, and uh, he did good in, in the second half. You know, no, he's played well all preseason, and and the, here's the thing: what what I like, the the fact that they had Pickett, and and I thought going into the draft they were kind of trending. I'm not sure you always throw out trial balloons that Willis was the kid, Malik Willis from Liberty, right. who's a transfer, I think, from Auburn or Alabama. I can't remember what school he transferred from to get to Liberty, but nonetheless, that's what everybody was thinking they wouldn't go with this kid, you know, the high upside kid. But you're forgetting, you always hear when you, you know, on the threads I read, is that Pickett was in their building. He's. They've seen him the whole time. They know exactly what they, what this kid's about. How he processes information because you, it's almost like a, a cheat sheet. You know you, this kid's around, right? Because so, he played for Pitt. So yeah, he, he plays Pitt. Yeah. They share the same facility, so you get to talk to him. You get so, I think that was sort of like a nice thing. Like, listen, we know exactly what this kid is. Everybody's kind of, you know, tying me to Malik Willis, but I know this kid can do it, and I think that was sort of like the same because when they when they drafted him, it wasn't like. If you sort of draft him, wasn't like, okay, I guess we'll go pick it. They would like jump up and down, like we got the guy we wanted that we thought we we, we hoped to get. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, kid. Yeah, I was saying, but the kid Malik Willis, he is special. Uh, um, the, watching Titan games the other night, he's good. He has an excellent arm. He's yeah, he can arm. run, and I mean he can run because he was running out, uh, running past the secondary on one play. I was like, God damn, this kid is fast. And like yeah. we was talking about the offensive line with the Steelers, a cat like that make them cats stay at home, man. They won't they won't rush the quarterback like that because they have to decide if we go after him, if he gets past us, we got problems. Yeah, I mean, I guess it come down to whether or not guys can read what they when, when you're a rookie quarterback, you're reading what you see. Like Dan Marino said, I think that somebody asked uh when Dan Marino was a rookie or second year quarterback and they were in the quarterback room and somebody asked, well, I forget who was uh, the guy that was the veteran at the time. What did you see on the play? And, and this guy went through this whole dissertation, you know, with a guy, I saw the safety cheating this way. And I saw the cornerback falling back into this zone. And, and then I saw the linebacker playing a robber position. So I went to, to the, you know, the, the guy running the whatever, whatever route he was running. And Dan Marino said, wow, I just would have thrown to the guy that was open. You know, I mean, you just see you see it, you throw it. And so I think Kenny Pickett, to your point, Mark, he's played for four years. He's four years started at Pittsburgh. You know, he, he's going to be good, I think. And 
because he's he, he's played in the system, is mature, and he can read. He certainly can read read college defenses, and NFL defenses are certainly harder. But but in the same frame, if you see it and you throw it, that's that's half the job. I watched Mitch Trubisky yesterday, as you guys described. And there was many a times I'm like, well, what are you seeing? Where are you checking it down to? What are you? Why are you holding the ball? This is Detroit. Let it fly. And you have those receivers that you guys have. I mean, you got George Pickens. You got Claypool. Uh, I think Deontay is going to be out, but but Pittsburgh yeah, he, got they good say it's receivers. Not that big. No, uh, skill wise, they have receivers. I just, I just think it's, it. I just think it makes more sense right now. I mean. If, if Pickett started, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's a stupid move. And Trubisky started, I'm not, that's a stupid move either. I just think you can you can wait a beat because there's no rush. Whatever Trubisky gives you, Pickett's going to be able to give you and vice versa right now. Right. Neither like neither one of you are going to – but if you can let Trubisky – or not Trubisky, uh, Pickett get a couple of extra weeks of just watching it and figuring out some things with, with real coverages, not this – Vanilla or you know, no, I agree because that way he he'll have because I figured the way I, unless they take off and they go crazy, I'm thinking Pickett's in there probably by week four. So that's three weeks of seeing real film work of what guys are doing, mm-hmm. and then you can say okay, if, un, unless you know if, if you're three and zero, oh, then you're not making a change. But if you're one and two, well then you know at this point let's just start this uh, start this train. All right, so let me ask ask you both: Does Trubisky make it past the bye week? No, no, because they're. I'm looking at their schedule right now. They they have a bye week, week nine. So, because here's the thing, right now it's it's at Cincinnati, New England, Cleveland, Jets, Buffalo, Tampa, Miami, Philly, and then they got the bye week. Coming out of the bye week, you got the Saints, Cincy, Indy, who has a great defense, Atlanta, uh, Baltimore. They play Baltimore kind of late. Baltimore, Carolina, Vegas, Baltimore, Cleveland. They have a all these games are hard. I mean, that's the thing about the NFL, which is more true than any other of the major sports, is that it's so relying on who the hell's healthy at that time. Because right. you're looking right, like think about it. Prior to you know things going on, you'd have thought, oh, Cleveland, they're gonna have Deshaun and all these. Well, he won't be there. Um, you you're thinking that you know if you're a Jets fan, home, we're gonna have our quarterback. Well, he won't be there. So if you can get you know if you can get through some rough periods and survive your own self, that's what it's rarely the team that's the best best team wins a wins the Super Bowl. It's usually the best healthiest team. Yeah, who's healthy at the playoffs? So so the same question, Kate. Does he make it? No. Okay. Pickett yeah. will become the starter eventually. He will be there, and he's going to lead us. Not this year. Uh, maybe next year. You know, a little help here and there. To the all right, so again, you know, where we always stand on top, you know, you know, us still fans. Yeah. So I said the bye week, which is week nine. Yeah. Does he? Does Trubisky make it to week seven? I say six. Six. Okay, so that would be against. Yeah, because if we if we do the whole win loss thing, okay, if you say Cincinnati's gonna be a tough game because that's at Cincinnati, you figure that's gonna be a tough game. It's a loss. Then you're you're home to New England. Win. And you know we don't. Um, you're at Cleveland. That's uh, what's that boy's name? Jacoby. I, yeah, I would I feel like, pretty I good like, about I, that. Yeah, that's. You're home to Jets. Feel good about that. Got to hmm. go to Buffalo. 
That's gonna be a rough one. They beat them last year. Well, they did beat them. Yeah, they beat them last year in Buffalo. Yes. Then you get home to Tampa. That's gonna be a well. You know what? It would have been a a tougher game, but unless they come up with some alignment, there's nobody to protect Brady, and we know he doesn't handle pressure, especially up the middle. So that's not as tough a game as we thought. Go to Miami. That's actually a a Sunday night game. Okay, go to Miami. Um, I like I like Pittsburgh in that game. Go to uh, to Philly. And then you get to then you have your bye week. Come out of that, you're at your home to Saints, home mm-hmm. to Cincy. Go to mm-hmm. Indy. That's a tough game. Uh, Monday night game. Go to Atlanta. Hope the boys stay in the hotel. So the, I, they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you got uh, your home to Baltimore. Go to Carolina. That's I hate that you know every other week. So you, you uh, go to Baltimore. It's home to Baltimore. Go to Carolina. Home to Vegas. That's a good thing at home in Vegas. Damn. Uh, go to Baltimore and uh, home to Cleveland. And that's a really good thing because they have to go to Atlanta. And that's one thing. But if you had to go to Atlanta and Vegas in a span of three weeks, that would have been a bad deal for some uh, – Yeah. That's not a good thing. And one thing, you Steelers are always, to my well-prepared when they play against teams like Cincinnati, Baltimore, the Browns, because they're all in the same division. Yeah. And right. they play them hard no matter who the quarterback may be. Not yeah. last year, Burrow cut those boys up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, <laughs> he was he nice enough last ball. year. But they, 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 they got a reality check. Like, yo, we yeah. can't let this stuff slide. That but, dude was lighting us up last yeah. year. Because yeah, I, I, I had to turn it from the game. My eyes was hurting me so bad. I was like, yeah, what was the like, hell's going on yeah, here? That boy was like, damn, man. Did somebody look at the film session? Nobody <laughs> practice? Yeah, yeah. Burrow and Chase were putting it on, putting this on, putting it on us last year. And that kid oh. Chase is something special, man. He is something special. I mean, so what? So what's different? You just said that that. So what do you what do you predict the rec, the record will be? Um, I think a good year for this year because of the new quarterback, um, and the, the new quarterback with two guys learning a brand new offense. That's a big deal. Like it's if who's horrible, but if Mason was the quarterback, at least he knew the offense. Trubisky and Pickett don't know the. I mean. It's not like they've just been sitting in this offense for twenty years, so that's a learning curve. Um, I think it was seventeen. I always get this, uh, s- eleven and uh, six or ten and seven. That'd be tough to pull off a ten and seven. I mean, oh, you know, well, I'm the optimist. I think this would be the toughest year that Tomlin's going to try to hold on to his above five five hundred record. Um, it, it used to so be nine you know, eight. and eight. I think he could pull off a nine eight. I just think because he's usually the coach will get you in, in the the sports. They're good for you know at least a one and a half. Someone like a Belichick's good, probably like he has. He's good for a good two and a half just because he's Belichick versus the talents. So I think Tomlin, he's not Belichick, but he's probably good for a, a game and a half of just being Tomlin and, and figuring out some things. So let's go nine and eight. I think that if they had a nine eight season, I think that'd be a good year. I, but if they like say they pull a Keith and they, and they go eleven, what eleven and six? I keep doing the math wrong. Uh, uh, no, wouldn't be ten, like blown I say ten and seven. I, 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 that's what ten and that's seven. One, that's one more game. Okay, so yeah, yeah. ten and seven. So you're going with ten and seven, keep yes. nine and eight. Both, both. You're saying that this is going to be a winning record. Okay, yes. yeah, I think I think it's going to be a winning record. I really, I mean, I'm obviously I'm a fan. I'm a I'm quote unquote fanatic. That's what the fans stands, right. stands for. Because Thompson never had a losing season and um they're gonna call me up during the middle of the season. I'm gonna come out and play. Oh 
after, after you get that knee fix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, after I get my surgery, I'm, I'm going to be 100% again. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know that. Well, you didn't tell me that before. I would have changed my thing to 13 and 4, if that's the case. Little inside baseball as we transition from football talk. Um, we spent, we had lunch this past weekend back in Brooklyn, back in, back on the block, as they say. And three of us grew up or spent some time uh, in Bedford Stuyvesant, downtown Brooklyn, uh, Lafayette Gardens, Green Avenue. Uh, between Grand and uh, and and, and Klassen. and we walked the neighborhood, walked the streets of of Brooklyn, you know, down downtown Pratt Pratt and what's now called Clinton Hill, uh, what used to be all all a do or die Bed Stuy, and I have to say, I was shocked by the level of gentrification in the neighborhood. I mean, we walked the streets and we were pointing out old things that we remember that we saw, buildings, places, locations, uh, stores, barbershops, neighborhood um, landmarks. And even just, just, just down to the sidewalks, the streets, you know, that was the one thing I noticed when we were walking up Green Avenue, Keith, was how smooth the streets were. Because you talked about <laughs> riding your bike, <laughs> learning to ride a bike on that street. I, I, I learned the same way. And my knees still have scars from falling down on them raggedy-ass streets. Sure did. And the streets were smooth. The, 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 the blacktop on the block was smooth. There were street lights. That you could, I mean, it was obviously daytime, but you could see that they had the new street lights, and you have people sitting outside in the cafes. And I'm like, do y'all know where you at? Because <laughs> there was so much comfort, so was so relaxed, you know. And even and 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 Derek, who's not here, but he made the point. He said, you know, I got to tell you something. I feel I feel very comfortable walking around here. Because that used to be a neighborhood where you kind of had to have your head on a swivel and look over your shoulder and everything else. And what made me angry is that potential that we are clearly seeing now always existed in all of these gentrified neighborhoods, whether it's New York City or Chicago or Cleveland, Detroit, anywhere where there's major influx of people moving back into town and buying up these these I guess run down properties and rehabbing them the potential has always been there and I just I'm angry because I feel like if there had been an infusion of cash or an investment in those neighborhoods then they they would be just as great today then as they are today I just want to hear your thoughts. I agree with you, Anthony. I can take it a little further. If you go down towards uh, Fulton Street, um, this is in Brooklyn, uh, Lewis Avenue, uh, where they have all these brownstones, right? Uh, you know, brownstone areas. But what has happened is people would come and buy out these homeowners, renovate, renovate the buildings, right? 
And then they'll sell the building for like 1.3 million. So we're not going to get that cash flow to buy the buildings. Right. So these corporations are buying the buildings, turning them to uh, was bed, bath, and breakfast place, you know, bed, stuff like that. Yeah. Or they Air- rent them Airbnb's. out. Airbnbs, yeah. Right, Airbnb, or they renting them out, and they the rent is like 2500 you know, and up. So then you come back to where we grew up at. Like you said, if you put that money into the area, a, a lot of black homeowners would have had bought these brownstones because at the time, the brownstones would cost really nothing. Uh, one of my best friends, he bought his brownstone. I think he paid like 40000 This was in 1990. Now, his property is worth right now $3.5 million. So it just shows you if you put the money in, the people would buy. But a lot of us, a lot of our people abandoned it or they just took the money and ran and went back down south to live because a lot of them were older. But the younger people didn't see this vision that was granted to them through their, their parents or grandparents that they could have had these brownstones and they could have helped fix the area and lived in there very, very comfortably. What I see a lot of times, and um, you mentioned the fact that your friend bought the brownstone for 40000 This was true, I remember before my folks moved to Long Island. Uh, a friend of my dad's purchased two brownstones in Park Slope. And the city was giving these buildings. I think he bought two of them for like 10000 apiece. And this this is back in, I want to say, like the mid-late 70s. And he tried to convince your uncle, our dad, Mark, to buy a couple, to get in on it. And, you know, my father said, he said, oh, man, you know, I ain't, I ain't doing that, man. It's crazy down there. I ain't buying it. You know, so yeah, the vision is for some people is there. I think people need to be aware of opportunity. And I think what happens when the neighborhoods get gentrified, that doesn't happen when we try to buy our own, is we don't get the regular beat cop policing in the neighborhood. Uh, we don't get the 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 street lights repaired. They don't start to look out for what they call a, a, a quality of life crimes. You know, people on the block dealing. They'll start doing those kind of sweeps. You got that. You'll start to see when somebody from Iowa or Nebraska moves into into Brooklyn and says, "Oh, I'm from Brooklyn." You don't see that. So that's the big difference. The big difference is is political and financial. And so, to your point, uh. For your friend, that's great. He gets to pass that brownstone on to his to his heirs. And so that's generational wealth. But that generational wealth that was all up and down those areas is gone for us. And, you know, as I said, I mean, you know, just, just walking through the neighborhood, looking at the buildings, looking how the buildings were, were repaired or rebuilt, and people got an opportunity to move into them that would not have had an opportunity to move into them um, is 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 amazing. And and that's and it's not going to change. That's going to get even more intense because when you think about where the area I'm talking about, um, you can always tell where gentrification is going to happen is because it's always by a subway stop. And 
in that area, there's two major subway lines. One is the A train, I think, on Clinton and Washington, and the other one is the is the G train right there on our uh, Clausen, right? Right, right. Then you have the 38 bus. 38 bus to take. And you got the right? 52. Right. Then if you go a couple blocks down, you have the 26. So it, all the transportation is there, and it's in it's the a hub. In yeah. The, yes, the hub right in the mecca of getting downtown Brooklyn or even taking the train into the city. So right. Everything is there. The perfect spot. The bridges are there. You got the Brooklyn Bridge. You got the Manhattan Bridge. You got the Williamsburg Bridge if you go a little further over. But everything is conveniently there for you to have access to move around from Brooklyn to Manhattan with no problem. Yeah, and that's that's, and that's what you're gonna see. You're gonna see it's when we when I went down Lafayette Avenue, my mouth was on the floor. Um, when I drove up Decal, when I came uh, from the other way, I drove D- uh, up Decal, uh, past where you guys used to live. Again, stunned. Um, I, I actually went to a, a wedding. A friend of mine had um, on the backside, uh, like Myrtle on Myrtle Avenue, like uh, uh, down Clausen, and I think it's like a Myrtle Avenue, and I didn't even know. It's, I, you know, until I was driving home, I was like, wait a second. I know exactly where I'm at because I was following the ways, you know, coming from, I think, uh, Staten Island at the time. I was following the ways and just trying to get to the location and I wasn't paying attention. And then when I drove out, I was like, wait a second. I'm right next to, to LG, Lafayette Gardens. Wait a, what happened over here? I couldn't believe where I was. Now, I was saying that. You guys, I was remembering more of that than I do because I didn't live over there. I, mean, I knew what it was, but I didn't live over there. The question I have is, what's the solution? Because you said earlier, um, and I think I think I know the guy you were talking about, Dad's friend. I, I think you talked with him, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, same person. What's the solution? Because this guy clearly saw a potential and did that and pitched it to Dad, and Dad's like, you know, thought it was crazy. And to your but, uncle, too? Yeah, and and but there are a lot of guys who 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 did that. It's not like it's not like people uh, our boys' age moving in there and buying the brownstones. It was people like our age who had you know right. had the house in the suburbs or who who moved out because we we lived in a certain area and we moved out and didn't think to say you know what I mean. Hey, what are you selling that building for? What are you selling that uh, condo for or apartment for? We thought, okay, fine, it's it's never gonna happen. So. Is it there were many people who left and didn't think that what they left was ever going to be any better? And that seems logical because usually you you move up. Most people don't move back. I mean, move up meaning like like if I have uh, this is maybe a bad analogy. If my first car is is a Chevy Chevette, my next car is a, I don't know, a Pinto, a, a, or whatever the next thing. <laughs> is. I don't sit there. I don't get to you go to a Nova. Yeah, I don't get to say a Cadillac and I say, you know what, this is a nice Cadillac. Let me go buy, go back and buy myself a Chevette. I'm going to just keep moving or stay in that space. So it's the same deal. If you live in an apartment or live in a neighborhood or a certain spot and you're able to move out because making things better and easier for your family to have better access to in, to schools. I mean, I know when I moved and I know dad did the same thing. My dad did the same thing. A lot of times people don't, most people don't move to a neighborhood. They move what I call it. You move to a school district. I want my kids to have these schools. Now, this you know, we target this district 
and then you try to find a house there. I did the same thing out here. Okay, fine. I want my boys to have certain education. Let me find the school districts, and then I'll try to find a house in that area. So in the case with these adults in there, at that point, they're probably, when they moved out, maybe 35-ish, 40-ish, when my and dad moved yeah. out. Right. Um, did they have a bunch of money? No, but you had some disposable cash because like it wasn't like the guy he wasn't like he bought the brownstone for three point five million. He bought it for right even back then, no almost no money. And you could have you could have gotten a loan for that because you had the collateral of the house that you bought in suburb X. But I think like what would have been it, it's just it's it's like it's almost like easy to say now, man. I wish we would have did that. But most people don't look back. They only look forward. It takes, you know, either a risk taker or quote unquote visionary to say, you know what, that has potential. We can make that something if we do this. Well, they, they, they had that, I mean, Mark and Anthony, they had that uh, vision back in the 90s. Uh, what, what year was Ed, Ed Koch the mayor of New York City? In, oh, ever. <laughs> Certainly the eighties. In, in the eighties, um, right? They I would say like early eighties, more more than the late eighties. That's what right, I feel. Yeah. Okay, they had a section that was, um, which they they boxed off for um, people of color, brown skin, you know, for us. But what we did was fight each other, which we ended up losing. And then the, the Jewish people came in and took that area, and they built it. Okay, and that's the problem that, that we always run into. We always fight one another. Crabs in the barrel. Correct. Well, again, I, you know, and this is this uh, to your point, Mark, about schools. Um, often, and this is what I'm saying. I mean, I, I, I you can always see like gentrification to me happens the same way the West was settled. You know, at first when they were were moving west, the first thing you saw was a fort. And they built the fort to protect the people coming from east to west. Now, in gentrifications, the first sign of a fort is the construction of a Starbucks. <laughs> and then, and as soon as you see the Starbucks coming, you know, you know things have changed. The pilgrims are going to be, you know, following following shortly thereafter. And generally, what happens is you get the schools start to suddenly the, these these poorly performing schools get a new principal and they get a new staff <laughs> and they start and they start to you know do this 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 ground up type change and suddenly the school changes and, and so now all of a sudden it went from being a, a crappy place to like oh what a lovely school and so and the same thing with as I mentioned with police protection it's not it's not the police protection we get in the hood where they come in and they round it on us up and throwing us up against the wall and, and, and patting us down. It's the riding through the neighborhood, the visible presence out there, um, walking the beat, making sure that the, just like the cavalry did for those settlers, making sure that the new pilgrims are safe. And that's the difference. And so when, to, to you, both of your points, yours and Keith's point, when, when we have an opportunity to buy that stuff, we look and we go, man, I can't live here. Why? Because I've already been living here and mm -hmm. nothing has changed in 20 years. And by the time someone else comes in and he said, wow, we're going to change the neighborhood. We're going to put a Starbucks here and we're going to suddenly put other goods and services here. And we're going to give you police protection and we're going to fix the streets and we're going to put, uh, uh, you know, lighting. We're going to fix the lights. 
and get the sneakers off the lampposts. <laughs> By the time that that happens, now we're priced out. I'm gonna give you this is this is how we, we speak of gentrification, how you can know things have really changed where we grew up in Lafayette Gardens. We used to have Lafayette Garden Day, which was across the street in the, the playground at PS270, which is across the street from Lafayette Garden. Lafayette Garden Day now is held on Flushing and Steuben Avenue. Oh, that's way is, out. Yes, which is like one, two, maybe about four or five blocks down. When you used to have Lafayette Garden Day, which <laughs> ran in the project and right across the street. Now, you notice when we walk past the park on yeah, Saturday. I, I couldn't believe what I saw. Okay. You see no brothers up in there. None. Yeah. This is a point that, that, that you're making because I used to come over there when I was a kid and y'all used to have like these tournaments or uh, Derek would be playing and I would come just, just to see, you know, you say, yo, Ann, I'm going to be playing at, at the park, come by. All right. So I'd get on the train and I'd ride on over there and be right outside in the neighborhood and they would be out with their t-shirts and playing ball in the park and, you know, that's what you expected to see. And the other day we're walking by and it was like... um I don't know what's what's that. <laughs> I don't know how to describe this without without getting us in trouble. But Please it don't was get us in trouble. It was definitely not. It was like the European basketball team practicing. Yes, it was like the Slovakian team practicing. <laughs> is what it looked like to me. I was like, "Wow, what's going on?" I, so, and and that wasn't just them. It was just the whole neighborhood. People are walking out. They're walking their dogs. And, you know, as I said, they're sitting outside very comfortably in the cafe. And we were talking about the fact that used to be, you know, winos living in shacks. So over there that some of us were related to and, 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 you know, all kinds of nonsense, you know, uh, uh, crap games being, you know, in in storefronts. Um, Look at where we ate at um, Saturday. Used to be a barbershop. Used to be a barbershop. A shoe shine shop, right there. You hate that barber shop. Yeah, all that stuff is gone. Uh, across the street, there's what three or f- three restaurants, brand three new restaurants. restaurants over there, and-, and on Green Avenue there was the, the Pizzeria, right? Which used to, you know, is 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 a restaurant. The 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 candy store is an upscale wine spot. Mm-hmm. You um, know, your father's record store. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, wine spot now. Um, the factory that was on the, the corner is a condominium. Right. Well, okay, but well, it goes back to what I said. So what's the solution? Because in that case, both of our, our fathers had stores. I think this they, they yeah. run them well, but they had but so they had it. It wasn't like it was taken away because of their poor vision. Maybe this youth. I mean, I'm sure. I'm not sure how old they were when they had these. Oh, they, were, they had to be in their twenties. Yeah, they had okay. to be young. So, twenties. Yeah, yeah. So they had those buildings. I so said I have I have a picture of of the the, the wine store where Dad had his uh, candy right. store, yeah. and I saw the picture of the uh, of the other store where Uncle Thurman was. So, I just want to try. I know we always scream and holler gentrification, but what's the, like? We had uh, it. We were there. It, it, what's what's the solution? Here's, here's besides, like, some... besides us, like besides us not doing what Dad's friend and I almost keep saying his name, I don't want to call him out like that. Right. What he did do, I, I and I do, I do remember that conversation. I remember, and I remember Dad's reaction, like that was the stupidest thing in the world. Why almost why are you wasting, I don't know, ten thousand dollars or whatever? But it, it seemed like 
when when this guy did this and was telling dad about this, he was looking at dad was looking at this because he used to play uh, chess with him all the time. He right. was looking at this guy like he had seventeen heads. Like this is the stupidest thing in the world. And the same thing with my father. You know, we talk now. He's he he will admit he 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 fucked up. He said, I could have had me a couple of brownstones here. I yeah. said, well, when mommy was telling you, take that money, invest in a, a brownstone or something that you have forever, you know, that, that's where you can stay. You don't have to pay rent to nobody else. It's yours. Yeah, you could have got rent. Yeah. He yeah, wanted to been living large. Yeah. But here's, here's, where, here's the solution, Mark. Okay, that's all I know. And this is, this is where I think um, it's not fair. It's not that we have not come up with the down payments for housing. I've experienced this in twenty in the twenty in twenties. I've experienced this in, in the twenty teens, where I'm looking for um, housing, and I have the twenty percent, twenty five, thirty percent to put down, and I suddenly find myself being. Oh, we went with a lower bid. Oh, um, yeah, sorry, you didn't get it. Um, well, better luck next time. Um, was I outbid? No, they just like the package of the other buyer better than yours. So that wait, happens. Wait, 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 man. We mean they like the package. The red line. Money's the, money. Money's uh, money. No, nah, it's not. Not always. Not always. Wow. People, people can when you when it comes to selling a property, people can choose who they sell their property to. Okay, and and, and even if, if all things are equal, they can you know make that decision. And I and I can tell you on a person, I won't get into it here, but I've certainly been the the victim of that redlining type foolishness. And I think that. In some cases, certainly in the seventies and the eighties, um, even when my our parents bought their house, they didn't get a great interest rate. They got a horrible interest interest rate, and 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 credit was fine, and they had the they had the money down. So, I say all that to say this, but also signing with my dad's because I, they had all that. It was tight, but what saved them was the. They bought the house from a, from a white from a white couple. He was a couple. Right. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was um, a couple. Um, and this couple, I didn't know this until um, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. The reason that, and I'll let you go back to your story. The reason we got the house was because I, I, you know, I was young, so I had to come out there, when they when they went house shopping. I had to go with them. It was like I could stay where I was. And my mom was saying that the lady, I almost said her name. I want to call her out was like, you know, kind of touring me around the house. And like you're saying, you know, and I was kind of bouncing around because I was asking like, why this house versus that house and all this stuff? Because one house they did get redlined on. It was a clear right, red line. Like, hey, listen, yeah, uh, we're not going to get not sell that the house. house. The house on on Blue Spruce Lane was redlined because I, I, that was the house I thought we were going to get. Now you find a Blue Spruce Lane. You have a, that's the house I thought we were going to get. And then when they found the house that they have, the lady, my, my was telling the story, telling me I was with them because Anthony was at school. And um, a guy had just left the house as we were coming in. Um, and we come in, we tore the house, blah, blah, blah. And the lady's taking me around. And the you know, father's, you know, the man's, you know, talking to dad. And the guy who just left the house called back and said, listen, hey. And he had just told mom and dad, hey, listen, okay, I'm going to sell you the house. 
the guy who just left the house called back. Now he had, you know, it wasn't a cell phone. He probably went to a payphone. Like, you know what? I want this house. I'll give you, um, I think, uh, above asking price. Asking, yeah. And the the couple and the and the wife said no. And the couple said to my the, the man said to the dad, no. I gave you my word. My word is my bond. And right. I'm going to sell a house to you. And the, then the woman said, and this little boy right here deserves to have this house. He deserves to have this house. Those stories happen sometimes, but within the same town, you had what happened to my brother, which was said, oh, no, 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 no. And then you had this couple who said, no, this is, if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. And they could have easily said, I mean, especially, you could have easily said, you know what? Um, they could have made it some cockamamie story and then sold it to the, to the next guy. How would, how would you ever know? Right. You know? Right, no, no, but that's that, that's the whole point. I mean, and that and that very same time, the actual neighborhood, the neighborhood, contacted the the homeowner and told old boy, said, "Listen, you you bet not sell that house to those." I think he used the word people. I'm Get guessing he used the word people. Serious? I'm sure he said. I'm sure he said something other than people. But that was the that was a the deal. They they. They pressured them. They said, you better not sell a house to them. Um, so that happens. And so when we're applying for bank loans and and trying to get uh, home uh, rehabilitation loans, which is what that which that requires, especially yes. in those 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 places, we're not necessarily getting. And in the case of this person, this friend of ours who bought the the, the two brownstones, the city was trying to get rid of these abandoned buildings. And in fact, I, I I know people who did it up in Harlem as well. And they were willing to help you get a loan to rehab the property, Correct. provided you were going to be a owner, a owner and, and live there and be a resident. And when, it, and when that's offered, when the city works with the community, to answer your big question, Mark, when the city works with the community, that's how you can reinvent the neighborhood without necessarily having to gentrify the neighborhood. Okay. So anybody listening, we solved that problem. Get on it for the next one. <laughs> Listen, the way Brooklyn has changed from Williamsburg to Greenpoint to Bed-Stuy, which is... They're even branching out to uh, East New York and Brownsville. I'm glad you mentioned East New York. It's changing. Uh, when uh, Cuomo was the governor, he had a plan that he was going to tear down the projects there in Brownsville and build homes for low-income uh, homeowners and middle class. That was the plan, to get rid of the projects and build homes. So everybody could at least try to be a homeowner. But then you have... The other group of people who really don't want that, they just complacent where they're at. Yeah, they don't know no better. But I, I'm glad you mentioned East New York because that's the next one. There's a new TV show on your on your network, Mark. I believe it's called um, East New East York. New York. <laughs> that's what it's called. So you know what's going to happen. There's somebody in about six weeks living in Nebraska or living in Iowa or Missouri somewhere is going to watch the show. And when they come to New York after they graduate, they're going to want to move to East New York because they saw it on the TV. And and East New York is not as 
easier ride to Midtown Manhattan, but given that a lot of people are working in a home, it may not be a thing. And you watch how that neighborhood changes. You know, before we go, I, we, I just want to cover a couple other things that uh, we've been looking at. Speaking of Cuomo, uh, this is the one-year anniversary of him stepping down, I think. And so Derek's Blast. man, Blast. Derek's man, Derek's Blast. man has been uh, exonerated. Yes, and it's but they ain't giving his job back. No, he's not getting his job back. No, come on, that's not gonna happen. You know, uh, you find that crazy. You're accused of a a <laughs> a crime or something. And then later on down the line, you are found innocent. Because in this day and time, you're guilty before you even find innocent. Already right. they threw the knives and you bury you and say that uh, you did it. Now you cleared of all charges, but they don't offer you your job back. They don't offer to take back the things they said about you or what was said about you, which I found is just completely foul. It's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, it's clearly, there was clearly a plan. It was a political plan to get him out of there. And it it worked, I guess, but it's it's unfortunate. Um, we were talking about the neighborhood and talking about having uh, brunch. And, and I'm going to give a shout out. Peaches, shrimp, and crab. We had a great, great brunch. Peaches of, and shrimp. Peaches, uh, is it, it's not peaches, it's no crab shrimp. No crab in it. <laughs> I thought it was peaches. I think no. I think Anthony's right. Peaches, shrimp, and crab. Oh, you know somebody better go, somebody I'll, Google it. I'm going to Google it right now. All right, but anyway, well, now color. let's get it right because I was giving a shout. Out. Now you had we had a chance to get a sponsor, and you just sitting here blowing the whole spot. What is <sighs> it, man? These guys don't believe a brother, man. We family. Peaches <laughs> and shrimp. Peaches it, it, and shrimp. Pe- okay, you know, but I see it's weird. I think I see peaches and shrimp. I see peaches, shrimp, and crab. That's crazy. All right. Well, peaches and shrimp. And maybe we were sitting in the section that's called the peaches, address. shrimp, and crab. See the huh? address where it was. So we, you know, so they know exactly what we're talking about. What's the, I don't read it. Address is 285 Grand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York. 285 Grand Avenue. Fine restaurant and, and highly re- recommended. And we were sitting with our younger Cousins, yeah, because well, we had. I'm we sorry, had my yeah, son catch a right. Uh, peach, shrimp, and crab. Apologize. Oh, okay. Sorry, right, peach, shrimp, and crab. Sorry. Don't want to believe it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, peach, shrimp, and crab is where we were, and we had a conversation with uh, a younger cousin, a young man in his his early 30s, and we were talking about some of the same issues of gentrification and how difficult it is for these young people to kind of get a step up and move on and into their lives. You know, he's a college graduate. Uh, he's actually got a, a bachelor's yeah. and his master's, master's degree. degree. Yeah. And um, he was talking about the difficulties of finding a, an apartment. And apparently if you're willing to spend the money, it's not that hard at all. Yeah, he's fugazi. He didn't, he he ain't going anywhere. <laughs> we found we found you found two spots that we put in the chat that were great with hardly any effort. Allegedly, he's been looking. You know, there's a quote from him. He's been looking. Meanwhile, you just clicked on your phone. It's like, oh, what about this? What about that? And as of right as it, as as the taping right now. He's gone 
text silent. We haven't heard from him. No response at all. Has anybody yeah. seen, is, is, is text no. you individually, Anthony? Nope. What about you, Keith? Nope. No, nothing. Yeah, and nothing in the chat. So I guess he, you know, his phone must not be working right now. Yeah, I found like a, a number of apartments, and this is what I was saying. I mean, about about gentrification. It is difficult for a young person, and this is what's going to lead me about this uh, student loan forgiveness piece in a second. But it is difficult for a young person today to get up, to get out. You know, we we grew up in an era if you once you got a job of some sort, some sort of steady income, you could certainly find a place to live. Um, and depending on on how far you were willing to travel or what you were willing to tolerate in terms of the neighborhood, you know, your options expanded. Uh, but these kids are different, man. They don't, they, they, that's not their plan. They, they, they're comfortable living in their parents' house and having short, shortish five minute commutes and don't want to give up any of that. And I realize how tough it is financially to, to, to give up the parent subsidy. And we were talking about this, Keith, uh, as well, a couple of days ago, you know, parents are subsidizing their kids, you know, they, they just got this loan forgiveness from the Biden administration, uh, 10 to $20,000 of college loan and college debt. And I know you can speak to this too, Mark, our sons who are, um, my son, let me knock some wood, should graduate this, uh, <laughs> this year. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. all goes well, good Lord. Um, <laughs> and he will probably qualify for some loan forgiveness. My nephew who graduated with a boatload of, of, of debt, should get some loan forgiveness. People are mad because they didn't get loan forgiveness. I had to pay my student lo student loans off. I, I didn't get any loan forgiveness. I'm not going to be privy to this. Um, and but I can't be mad about something that was not my time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell. It's like getting mad. You know what? I, I wish. I would have been six foot six. How the hell? I mean, you know, <laughs> how dare? How dare my genetics? I mean, that's just not. It's like no. It's like it'd be like. And you, although we do see this, it's like current or former athletes bitching and moaning about the current athletes getting paid all this money. That's not your time. You can't. Hey. How can you compl comp uh, complain about things that you had no chance to ever get because you weren't in that cycle? That's just asinine. I mean, every every quarterback that's coming up for a contract is going to make stupid money. Yeah. Basketball players who will be coming up for their contract are going to make stupid money. Are these guys all Hall of Famers? No. Hell no. No, they're not, but it's their time. And we, as we just talked about someone being able to buy, your friend Keith, being able to buy a brownstone in Brooklyn for $40,000. I can't get one for $40,000. I would I, gladly I, spend I, the $40,000. Yeah, right absolutely. I'll be robbed right at the bank with, with my little uh, checkbook writing a check. And it was funny because I'd be like the dad's friend complaining about that person. Uh, oh, I should be like uh, Keith's friend complaining about dad's friend that he bought his for $10,000. $10,000. That's, that's not it. when you were ready to get it. He got it in the 90s. He got it in the 70s. And so... I don't understand anybody 
who is begrudging these kids. Yeah, of course, they're going to be people who are left out. They're going to be people who are making six-figure salaries, and this is just going to be a little bonus. It always happens. Everybody is not going to be treated the same way, and it's not going to ring the same way for everybody. But for anybody to be mad at these kids, man, for for getting this 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 uh like I said, twenty thousand dollars, up to twenty thousand uh of forgiveness, especially for some of these kids who have like eighty, ninety, a hundred and two hundred thousand dollars worth of student loans. Um and it's not all on them. When I went to school, and I hate to I hate to be this guy that's like, well, back in my day, when I went to school <laughs> before the Reagan administration really got a hold of educational dollars. Remember, when Reagan came in office, I think the tax rate was was over fifty percent. Uh, maybe I think it was close to seventy, and he cut it down uh, to like a def- half of that. And then and Clinton, I think it eased it off a little bit more. But I make the point that when that tax base was that high, a lot of money was going into the federal coffers and the feds were giving the states that money for education. So state schools, you could go to state school and have a part-time job and pay off your tuition. Many people went through school in New York City and went to the CUNY schools and paid their tuition with part-time money. My mother graduated from Brooklyn College, and I mean, she finished her education at Brooklyn College, her BA at Brooklyn College, and I never recall her having a student loan. She paid her tuition. She was working. She paid her tuition out of out, out of her pocket, and you know, she could certainly be mad about somebody getting $10,000 for Guinness, but it wasn't a time. It was a time when she, when most people could go to a state school with, as I said, the the money that you made at a part-time job and you could pay for your education. And so for people to be mad, and, and when they took that money out of state coffers, all state schools' tuition shot through the roof. When I went to it's Virginia, obscene. yeah, when I went to Virginia, um, I, was, I was paying out-of-state rates. And I was thinking, this is outrageous. And if you look at the numbers, probably pay less money than uh, my son is now. I mean, as, as to, for four years, then he's paying, then he's paying now. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I really don't get people. They're crazy, Anthony. Like Mark said, it wasn't their time. Now's these kids time to give them a, a better start than most people have. You know, when it comes to uh, getting a credit, uh, getting a car or, or even a place to live because they go buy everything by your credit. That's 10 G's or 20 G's off that less that they have to pay. Now they can afford to a place to live or, or get a car that they may need or apply for credit or something. Because if they got to pay all these debts off, how they, how, question, how are they going to leave home? They can't. They can't. <laughs> they can't. And you know what? And I'm glad you said that too, because that ten to twenty thousand dollars is just not money that you're giving away and you're never going to see again. That ten to twenty thousand dollars that the student doesn't have to pay back will be spent to either get the apartment, 
or by the car or by, oh, it's going to go back into the economy. Maybe it's a trip. Maybe it's something frivolous, but doesn't matter. That money is going to go back into the economy. And that means somebody else is going to benefit as a function of that money going back into the economy. I just, I mean, people are, are, are so short-sighted. And the people are really angry about it. Uh, some of these folks, especially in, in the government, who got loan forgiveness for their PPE. Or for the, was it the PPE or PPPP loans uh, or whatever sure. those yeah. yeah, I forgot the name title. Yeah, but yeah, it's those, so, it's those guys. Stop. Just stop, man. Let the kids rock, man. Let them, let them, let them get some room to breathe. Because as I said, that ten to twenty thousand for a lot of kids is is a small dent, but a dent nonetheless. Yeah. And that dent is going to help more than not having it. You know, that's true. Um, so, speaking of, of 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 money, you guys are talking off the air about congestion pricing. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this, for the people that don't live in New York City or don't live in the New York City metro area, there's a thing that's being floated by the, I guess, the, who, the city? MTA. The that's MTA. MTA. Okay, MTA. the Metropolitan Transit Authority. They want to have this thing called congestion pricing, meaning that if you come into this, the island of Manhattan at a certain time, at certain entrance points, which usually uh, take you to Midtown Manhattan, where it's really, really yeah. crowded, you're going to pay a premium price to get in. Right now, there's no there's no tolls on what one two three bridges, uh, the uh, Brooklyn yeah. and Manhattan and the Williamsburg Bridge, and there's a toll on the uh, the Triborough. What do they call it now? The uh, Robert uh, Kennedy Bridge. Tri- uh, I think Triborough's Kennedy. Um, Kennedy is yeah, so Robert F. Kennedy so. Bridge. Yeah, it goes so, from um, which they call it a Koch Bridge, but the Queensboro. Right to the central um, business district, and then uh, that's when they start hitting you hard. And some people got to pay if you're coming from Jersey. You got to pay the Holland Tunnel. Then you got to pay when you get into the city. If you're coming from the Lincoln Tunnel, you got to do the same thing. So that's mean you, you you're getting hit both ways. So it's like some people twenty three dollars just to get into the city. Right. Yeah, which that's is crazy. Insane. I mean, I, listen, I understand the the goal, which is to reduce the, the pollution and the impact of all these cars in the Cut city. Down all those ridiculous amounts of uh ride shares. I mean every light right. I mean, at the time I'm in the with the time I come in, in the morning, this is not an exaggeration. I'll be at a light. If there's ten cars, I'm one of them, the other six to seven are ride shares. So how right. the hell is how am I the problem? I mean right. cap cap that. That was the biggest problem. You know, I'm not sure what administration kind of let them run. I'm not sure if it was Bloomberg, de Blasio, or whomever, but if that would have been capped, because not only do you you increase the population of cars on the road with these "quote unquote" ride shares, you've killed another gener- another uh, um, industry industry in in the taxi cab. They 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 are just obsolete now. So I mean, I'm at a cab, I'm at a stop sign, I don't see a cab, I see a bunch of you know ride shares. Well, that's the thing, too, about the riots in terms terms of congestion. When these guys, because when I used to come from the radio station to go home, and I'm not leaving during the rush hour. I used to be leaving about, what, 12, 1 o'clock? Off-peak hours. Off-peak hours. But I'd still have to be riding behind these guys shooting across on 7th Avenue, four or five lanes of traffic to get to the person trying to get picked up. And and 
every other car, as Mark points out, has a has a T and in front of the license yeah, plate. Oh, drives me crazy. So, it drives me up a wall. In any event, listen, um, we won't be here for Labor Day because some people just don't want to work. Um, oh, really? <laughs> I would be here, but you know, I don't want to be here by myself. So um, uh, if you guys are listening to Power to the People, uh, and you should be listening to Power to People, uh, anywhere you get your podcast, you can find Power to the People. Um, you can ask Alexa to play Power to the People, and she'll play it right away. Um, you can find us on social media, uh, Facebook, Power to the People on Facebook. There's a page right there, a little button, you hit it. Play Pile to the People, or you can go to Twitter, Pile to the Peeps, P O W E L L, the number two, the letters D A P E E P S, Pile to the Peeps. You can find us there. You can leave us messages on both both spots. Um, you know, you should be you should be listening. And because we're not going to be here for Labor Day, that means you have time to catch up. What else you going to do? I mean, Labor Day is a bullshit holiday anyway. Nobody does anything. I mean, the parade, the West Indian Day Parade in Brooklyn is fun. If you've never been, you should go check it out. But for the most part, it's just, you know, it's just not really. It's the most depressing holiday of the summer. Like Memorial Day is exciting because, you know, it's like the beginning of the summer is the first summer weekend. Yay. And Fourth of July is big time. Barbecues, cookouts. It's it's the perfect time of summer. Kids are all out of school. And then Labor Day is like, damn, got to go back to school. Got to go back to grinding and work. You know, so it's just a it's a it's a bogus bullshit holiday so while you're sitting home listening to this bullshit holiday yeah just trying to figure out what to watch you know there's nothing really exciting to watch you might as well listen to power to the people so when you do that and you catch us the following week you'll be all caught up we will see you there peace